Hey everyone, Lou Mavs here from the Music is Live podcast with a really important question. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Music is Life off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I record an episode, how do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen, and how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is real simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Since I started my YouTube channel, I've been able to edit the audio on iMovie and then bump it to Anchor and distribute it on the podcast to everybody. And I still use Anchor to record audio-only podcasts. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Maz of the Music is Live podcast, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Schmackamagob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The right opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Ex-Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. Music is Live podcast. This is your host, Lou Mavs. Check out everything you need to know about the show over at musiclivepodcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if punk is dead, I miss the memo because I've got my favorite modern punk band on the show today with an eclectic mix of New York hardcore, oi, and riffs that would make Lemmy from Motorhead rise from the dead. Enjoy. You got one of the best bands of musicians assembled under one name, and that name is the Ice Cold Killers. And I'm proud to have drummer Joe Garces, a.k.a. Joe the Mouth, and bassist vocalist Joe Rubino. Gentlemen, welcome to Music is Live podcast. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Joe, you're calling in from North Carolina, right? That's where you live now? Yeah, actually, yep. I'm in Charlotte. I'm actually at my music studio in Charlotte. I got bands serenading me all around tonight, so. That's cool. 
And as everyone knows, Charlotte is four horsemen country. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Love it. And Joe, you're still on Long Island, right? I am still on Long Island. Yeah, Shirley. And don't call me Shirley. Which is the name of one of my favorite songs from their debut album. Thank you. I actually live on the same block Joe lives on lived on when he lived down here. Um, when it was a dog. But he moved away when I moved to town. <laughs> How do you guys, uh, with the gigging and all that, I mean, like, do you guys go down to North Carolina and Joe, you go up to New York? I mean, how do you work it out? I travel. You know, I love it. I love the band. I moved. I know I'm the one who kind of put the strain on it, but, you know, I'll travel for it. It's worth doing. We seem to be doing well, so why why stop, you know? So if I got to drive and spend a little in gas money, why not, you know? I'll gladly go down to North Carolina. Just got to hey, welcome welcome to come down here, You know me. Whole <laughs> studio, I'm sitting right here. You know, we could jam out. We got some clubs around here. You know, yep, got yep. some dates that we wouldn't get to normally. You know, is yeah. Ziggy still open? Oh, that's in Winston Salem, North Carolina. A club, a club called uh, Ziggy's. When Hopes Fall reunited, they did their reunion show there with uh, Code Seven as the opening act. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's uh, about. I think it's like two hours from here, I think. Oh, okay. See, I've I only been to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. I'm really happy that you guys both came on the show. Thank you so much. So Ice Cold Killers. I first heard the name when I had our mutual friend and our fellow producer, George Fulan, a.k.a. General George, on the podcast back in February of this year. He told me he was working with a new band in his home studio and for me to check out their first album and that this would be the album that you were recording with them the next step forward for you. And he was definitely right. I started a record, always wanted to work with my friend Joe Rubino, who was in tension, dearly departed. He was a bass player, dearly departed. I remember dearly departed. They were a really good band. They were really good. He's a really musical bass player, you know, kind of playing hardcore and stuff like that. And his new band called the Ice Cold Killers. I was like, man, if you guys ever want to record, let me know. And he was like, let's do a record together. Because he always wanted to record with me. And I was like, sick. So we started this record. He was going to be EP at first. And then like him, he writes songs like crazy. So then be, he went back to the studio, recorded more songs. And he went back to the studio, recorded more songs. So now it's a full length and I've just finished mixing it. Probably one of the proudest records I've worked on. But I have to praise your debut album, Laughing with the Sinners, Crying with the Saints. Please give me a little history on the start of the Ice Cold Killers, such as your previous bands and your life in your respective hardcore scenes. Who goes first, Joe? Joe, want me to tell? Go ahead. Why not? Joe, Joe, Joe uh, well, he used to be my barber, and one day I went in to get a cut, and he's like, "I want to start a band, and you have to play the drums for it." I said, "Bro, I haven't played the drums in ten years." I said, "I can't do it." He's like, "You got to do it." I said, I-, "I haven't played the drums." He's like, "You got to do it." You know, Joe's a ball breaker when he wants to be. Every time I went in, I said, I want to be guitar. <laughs> he goes, Pete. I was like, ah, you know, it's like, you know, but he was so relentless that I said, book the studio. So we, he booked the studio. We went down and we wrote uh, three songs. That was on our, our first recording we did was called Live and Let Down, our demo. It's actually I want to do that song that we stopped playing that was on it. That's really cool. I got to get that to you, Lou. Looking forward to hearing it. So we were originally a three-piece band. Then we wound up getting rid of Pete because he had too many issues. And that's when we got Matt Legrady to come in. And uh, Steve was also playing guitar for us. Steve wound up leaving, and that's when we got Mike. So now we're uh, we're where we're supposed to be with this four-piece from hell. That's how we started out. 
as a three piece. Joe wanted to be like Rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. A punk rock rush. I'd that have to would get be awesome. For every show, you know what I mean? I don't think I could ever get my voice that high. Nice. But that's nice. that, that's uh for how much we got started. Joe uh Joe said, I'm starting a band and I need you to play the drums. So that's what we did. He made it happen. And I, I can't thank him enough. I tell him all the time, thanks for pulling me out of retirement. And I love this band. They all laugh at me and say, like my wife and my kids, like, you're the ice cold killer's biggest fan. It's because I love it, man. I just love everything about it. This guy writes some really good stuff, you know. I don't want to swell his head. Look how big it is already. But, you know. <laughs> you know, now he makes me do it. If I died, he would prop me up in front of the mic like Weekend at Bernie's and make me continue on. You know it, bro. <laughs> Definitely would. You know, but that's all right. I love it. They refer to Rush. They refer to one of my favorite late 80s comedies. It's like, and they play like my favorite style of punk rock. It's like, I can't complain. I got the best of all worlds here. We got all, kid. (laughs) (laughs) That we do. Joe Rubino, you could uh, answer this question first. Who would you say your biggest influences are, respectively, bands and musicians? I mean, I love everything. I love Johnny Cash. I love the rockabilly stuff. I love Motorhead. Love The Clash. Love, you know, Rancid, Social Distortion. I can go on forever, you know. Love Sheer Terror growing up, uh, Killing Time, all the old hardcore bands, 70s punk, 60s garage rock. You know, I'm very uh, open when it comes to music, especially these days, you know. So we kind of take the spices of what we like and put it into like this, uh, this punk with roots rock and roll type vibe and kind of, you know, try to make something new, but some familiar, you know? The first time I played with Joe, we used to do a cover band back in maybe 91. 89, probably even. I was still in Vice Grip in 89. It was like 90, I think 90, 91. He was walking down the street and me and my friend James were like, hey, you play the bass? And he's like, yeah. I was like, come with us. And we grabbed him and the rest is history. We used to do like, you know, Sick of It All songs and Cro-Mags and what else did and we do? Today they would call it abduction, but yeah, they definitely <laughs> could. <laughs> there would have been an Amber <laughs> Alert. <laughs> I got ambushed, you know? We don't condone abduction on the Music is Life podcast, <laughs> but in, in this case, though, uh, good abduction. Good job, because it worked. Good job, man. Yeah. So we I did didn't that. get pro I wanted to, but you know. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> we tried to ransom him. This, this, this is kill him. Right, I, time out. I gotta blow up your spot now, Joe. Okay, the mouth wanted this to be live tonight, and I was like, no, I don't do live. And hey, so no cursing, right? Yes, hey, you sorry. can curse. I'm not gonna bleep it. It's fine. I, I don't curse on purpose to say it. You know, it just yeah, unless just, he's on stage. No, but like I knew the mouth was gonna throw me off because like I'm cracking up over here. This would have been the most unprofessional interview that I've ever done. Not on your part, but on mine, because you know it's like I gotta be stone faced and chiseled. But I'm not like that. I just yeah, you know, I know you I'm nah, having a good got, time. We do what we gotta do, you know. It's all We're good. All about having fun, living life, man. Absolutely. But who would you say were your uh were your drum influence? Yeah, you mentioned you know, the bands, but like who in particular were your uh, favorite drummers growing up? My cousin is Anthony Kaminali from Killing Time and Token Entry back in the day. And so mm-hmm. I used to watch Gilligan's Re- Revenge rehearse every Sunday in my aunt's basement. So I used to watch Ernie like, 
you know what I mean? And I used to say, don't touch her on these drums. But every time they weren't around, I'd be down there playing these drums and my aunt wouldn't tell anybody, you know, I had to let me get away with it. So Ernie Prada is one of my influences and uh, Mackie, John Bonham, Keith Moon, those guys like they, they, you know, that's who I like, the heavy hitters and stuff. That's my style. Bam, bam. Good stuff. I'm glad Mackie's still playing with John Joseph. And I can't wait to hear what they'll come out with next. Whether it's Chromax or not, or whether it's Blood Clot, I don't care. I, I'm just a fan. Yeah, I love watching him play live. He's, he's just amazing, Mackie. Definitely. So in between releases, you release a single that would appear on the new album, Stories from the Grave, which is available now. And I recommend you either buy it from iTunes, buy it direct from them over at their band camp, and support them. Because... In my opinion, for me, it's one of my favorite albums of the year. Top 10, definitely. Very cool. Thank you. So the- Generation Records is actually going to release it on vinyl, but the, all the, the vinyl plants are so backed up that we're not sure when we're going to get it, but they're going to release a, a limited edition for us. I think it's going to be 200 on gold and black marble vinyl and 100 on red vinyl, more from Generation. So... That'd be great when that finally happens. But like I said, we're just waiting on the plants. It's all set. And, uh, Booski did the the the, the all the all work for us, and it's killer. It's a nice gatefold. It's it's beautiful. I can't wait to hold it in my hands. You have <laughs> the banner. <laughs> you have the banner right behind you right now, and I got to admit that's like one of the best logos that I've seen. It's you know what I love about it. It's like you guys took effort into the presentation, and that's one thing that I appreciate both as a musician and as a music fan, it's like when bands actually take the effort to like come out with a good presentation. That's probably one of the best logos I've seen in a very long time. That's all family crest right there. Yeah. Crest. I actually uh, have the family crest sitting in my parents' living room. And when I would see it, I'd be like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do something. So we had a couple of people draw it up and, uh, you know, we getting it started, but rise art really kind of, came in and, and made it what it is and gave it, he it. yeah he presence you know so we actually had him do the second record too good stuff again i want to put over i love the new album stories from the grave and i have to say my favorite song would probably be war horse nice yeah it's a great song. go on and the debut single is out right now from the album which is you're dead to me which i absolutely love it go on all right truth there's not one bad song on the album take your pick but when making the new CD, what were you striving for, especially in comparison to what you experienced with the first album? And do you feel like you definitely achieved it? We went in to do an EP two and a half years ago, and it was supposed <laughs> to three days. Uh, we had five songs. We wrote a sixth song in studio. But uh, shortly after that, kind of life happened with... Uh, you know, the whole COVID thing, George had his child and just so many different things happen in life. Uh, since that time, we kind of wrote a few more songs. Uh, so we decided since we were in the middle of recording, it was taking forever anyway. We might as well do it and make it just something really, really cool. These guys killed it in studio, man. We all as a team, like kind of nailed it. The time was very stressful and tedious, but in the end, it, it was well worth it because it did rush it the way we planned on it. It wouldn't be the record it is now. And it, it has to be the record it is now because this is definitely the record that, you know, we're proud to, to be a part of and put out for sure. The general did an amazing job too. Georgie, Killed it. I yep. have something for you, brother. Killed it. My eternal love for that guy. I mean, like I came across 
George, and, I, and I've said this in the episode that I did when I interviewed him, but I'll repeat it. My wife is a singer-songwriter as well. And, you know, I was looking for a producer because I thought that she had some of the best stuff that I had heard. And I said, you know, you really need to put this on an album. He was recommended to me by, by one of my best friends, Jason Crawford, who uh, was the drummer at one point for Orion. I had played with him in Surrender to Providence back in the day. Joe, that was around the time that you were in Dealey Departed, but I don't expect you to remember us because we never released anything. <laughs> we just did gigs. I remember you. I definitely remember your face from back then. Definitely. Oh, okay, cool. I was the long-haired guy. Leave in, but that's okay. Sage, we're doing all right, you know? I got nothing to prove, so I'm good. You're in our club now. We call ourselves the Bull Eagles. <laughs> Love it. That's the only time I'd ever want to join a club that would have me as a member. It's like mutual like-minded friends and musicians who uh, know what the hell they're doing. So George was recommended to me by Jay Crawford. One of the friendships that I made in the last 20 years that... I'm proud to know. And the fact that he loves what he does and what he does, he does so well, you know, like definitely captures the best performances. The thing that I love about your new album is the fact that it actually sounds live. The instruments sound like they're breathing and it sounds like a band should without any of the compression or modern trappings of production today. So he did a wonderful job. And yes, all the praise to you, General George. Good stuff. Glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah. That room that we recorded in was amazing. Too bad they shut it. They're shutting it down or he's selling it or whatever. Suffolk it's Studios. No, they're not going to shut it down, I think, because uh, Andrew from uh, what's the name of his new band? Uh, I thought he recorded it at his house because I know George set up everything there unless he wants to record somewhere else with you guys. We tracked at an actual studio with him, but he did all the mixing at his house. You know, we did like odd parts here, like an extra guitar track or uh, Matt, I think he did. I think he tracked his guitar tracks at George's. A lot of us were done. You know, we, we did a lot of the work in the studio and we actually got to use a lot of cool different equipment for each song is a different guitar amp. You know what I mean? Or a different guitar that we tried out or whatever. George really did a great job at, at getting the sounds that we needed to get for this record. That's what he's best at is honing himself in with what you guys, with what his musicians do and just getting the best performances. And yeah, he definitely did it. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. It means a lot. No problem. So Joe Rubino, as I mentioned, how did you guys come across getting George to produce your record? Like what, what was your history with him? Cause I know that he was in clockwise back in the day. I knew him from his days with three years older. So yep. how does your history go back with him? Uh, we all, you know, me and Joe both grew up with George. We love, you know, we've known George for a long time, but he always would ask me through the years, you know, let me mix a song or let me, you know, let me track and do stuff. But we'd already be in the middle of whatever band or project already in the middle of what we're doing. And it's like, you know, we didn't want to be like, hey, let us get some of your tracks so our friend can mix them. So, you know, long story short, when we went to go do this record, we were kind of going through the Rolodex on who we haven't worked with or who might, you know, get what we're looking for. And I had remembered that George wanted to do stuff just, and I'm like, we should actually start fresh and do something with him. He, he was really happy about the idea. We, we, we linked up and aggravated the shit out of him these past two and a half years over this. But, uh, you know, I love him. He, he did a great job. He definitely is a trooper, you know, yeah, that he, he wanted to re record us when he heard that we were going to, well, we were working on a new album. He really wanted to be the one to record it because he had it had it in his head that he could nail it for us, you know. 
Yeah, I go back. We both we go back a long time with Joe. I met him. I was started hanging out with him at the Sundance back in like 1988. Sundance was a club that used to be in Bayshore, mm-hmm. and everybody played there. That that place was was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. He was telling me about it, his experience going there. I think it was on Setlist.fm, and I saw like all the shows that came up there, and I was like, damn. I was like in single digit ages when that place was around, and. Yeah. Just to have been a fly on the wall to have seen what was going on there. I think I would have been so happy. Like he told me like one of the craziest shows he saw there was Faith No More, Soundgarden and Voivod. Voivod. Yeah, that was a that was a great show. You Chris were there. <laughs> Chris Cornell was smashing the ceiling with his mic stand and it started crumbling down and it, the, the bouncers ran up and yelled at him. And it was, it was, oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> Every good show at Sundance, we were there. But the craziest the craziest show there, hands down, had to be Slayer. It was insane. You were packed in like sardines. They were they were letting they were letting people. If you went in, see that the asshole Frank Cariola. <laughs> Do you want to get into detail about that? Me? Oh, I'll get into detail. Okay, brother- I'll, you have the floor, sir. Round one. Fight. I won't My interrupt. Got paralyzed at his second club, the Roxy in Huntington. And that piece of shit, he had everything in everybody else's name. But my brother got nothing. Not that money would have made it better, but it would have helped. Like all the, the equipment my brother bought, a, a weight bench that he could work out in, a bike that he pedals himself to get himself into shape, all with his own money. Because Frank Cariola, that scumbag, got away with murder. My brother was awarded a nice chunk of change. But because he was a piece of shit, we got nothing. He got nothing. But whatever. I wish that guy a slow, painful death. Frank Cariola, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Joe, you know how I feel, bro. The night we we played, it was Tension, our old band, my me, my brother, my friend Cosmo, and, and James. We had a punk rock band called 5050. We mm. called it 5050 because we were all half Latino and half Italian. So we named the band 5050. The name of our demo was a master of the minorities. It was great. Good stuff. Uh, we played that night with Tension, Internal Bleeding, Deicide, who I fucking loathe while we were playing the guys from dear side were pissed because my singer cosmo was like making fun of the devil and stuff you know just being cosmo they're okay yelling, they're yelling shut these guys off shut these guys off and the sound guy was like no way these guys are great i'm not shutting them we were doing credence fortunate son i looked over and and one of the guys had a knife and he's licking it uh, on the side of the stage so i just uh, i started flicking my tongue back at him <laughs> And uh, I was outside smoking weed and my brother's girlfriend ran out and said, somebody hit your brother and he's down on the floor. He's not moving. I thought somebody punched my brother. It was on. I ran in there and then I saw my brother and I just went numb because I don't know how, but I knew. I started pinching him. I'm like, you feel that? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you feel that? Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to go down. And I started crying. And I went down to his leg and I'm like, you feel that, bro? And he's like, no. Then we both started crying. What the fuck did they do to him? Somebody dove off a stage and my brother was at the bar. They hit him from, they hit him. They, they hit him in the back here. And that's how he got paralyzed. That's 90, some bitch ass shit. 1995. Yeah. So. And this and all it, happened under Frank Cariola's watch by one of the guys from D sides crew. No, it happened to, we don't know who did it. There was some kid dancing. It was during internal bleeding. Some kid just did a stage dive. Didn't have a technique. Didn't really know. Just dove. And I wasn't inside. I don't know. We nobody never nobody knows who did it. 
You know, the guy just. I am so sorry to hear about this. Oh, listen, it's it's all good. My brother's an amazing. He's an inspiration. The guy's he never let it get to his head. He drives around us. He drives all. You know, he's got. He drives his own van and stuff. He drives us around. Goes to every yeah, show. He does. He always there is. He's living the life. God bless Boy. him. I love him Mike. But uh, that's a that's a. I mean, a beautiful ending, but as far as everything you said about Deicide and Frank Cariola, I just want to preface this. If you're looking for political correctness and kindness, you won't find it here on Music is Life because I don't censor anybody. If you have the balls to say or do something about it, come face this man. You probably don't. Don't come face me. I'm done with those days. <laughs> but, you know, come face him and you'll deal with the crew. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they get what's coming to them one day. You know what I mean? Because and then I heard I heard that the singer from Deerside said on the microphone, looks like somebody slipped on Satan's penis and broke their neck tonight. He had some shit to say, because like I said, my singer at the time, Cosmo, was just talking shit about the devil. Satan sucks dick, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that shit. Remember, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, I'm a death metal fan, but even I have to say, if you take it seriously, there's something wrong with you. It's music. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. And if you're going to take it to a level where you're going to be a douche about it, screw you. Let the hate come. I don't care. The only reason why I'll justify my existence on the show is not by the people who love me, but by my haters. So it's all good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing is, uh, I left. I went in the ambulance, obviously, with my brother to the hospital, and my friend Cosmo and Pete came with me. I didn't talk to this man here, Joe, for years. I thought they all stayed at the show and they all hung out and had a good time while while we were at the hospital. And I was furious, and I wrote them all off. They were all dead to me. They were all fucking dead to me. That's how it was for years. And then uh, one day, me and Joe started talking again, and he's like, "You know, I left that night," and I was like. I didn't know that. Once it's in his fucking head, it's like, it doesn't matter that it didn't happen. If it's in his head, it fucking happened. Yeah, as a fellow Mediterranean, Greeks were just as guilty of that. So (laughs) I let it go, Joe. (laughs) I'm a Colombian Italian. I can't help it. But so then one, then me and Joe just came back and, you know, just started hanging out again. Remember you were cutting my hair when you were giving me a, he was shaving me with the straight razor. I go, I can't believe I'm letting you put a knife to my neck. (laughs) 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 but then uh the rest is history he pulled me out of retirement and i couldn't be happier man this band is uh, won't let me fucking retire that's right well joe i think it it speaks a lot about your character that you know you stood by him and you said that you left after that happened i'm sorry that it took as long as it did for you guys to get back in touch with each other but i'm grateful (laughs) as a fan I'm grateful that you guys did. It doesn't matter. Like, it could be 10 years. It could be 15 years. We're still brothers, you know? Yeah, we'll get pissed out of each other. We'll fucking yell at each other. But it's what we do, you know? We're family. If you look real close right here, if I lifted up my shirt, there's a little scar. That's the rib that Joe came out of. (laughs) (laughs) That's the part they took out of the Bible that Danzig forgot to read. Okay, got it. Okay. Exactly. Abduction. I'm glad to hear that your brother's good and I'm glad that High School Killers is here and uh, again if I haven't said if you're offended by it go watch something else and I'm not censoring my guests whether people like it or not if that demonetizes me it's okay I'm not making money from the show anyways I don't give a fuck anyway exactly you know what 93 subs on my channel at this point and I'm proud of them and I'm grateful for them if it makes (laughs) it to a thousand great I don't care 
I'm here to have fun and I'm here to promote good music. I just hope that the views are more than the subs. That's what keeps it going is, is everybody exactly. working together to keep it well oiled and, and continuing on, you know? Well, hey, I mean, I grew up a kid in New York hardcore. So for me, even though at 40 and happily married and a parent, I still hold those values. You're still a kid in New York hardcore. We all are, you know? <laughs> Funny, it's exactly. like you see people, they go off and they do, you know, they go and they try that normal life stuff and they always end up coming back because that normal life stuff don't work for them, you know? What is never when? Joe Rubino, my history with your musical output goes back to your former band, The Dearly Departed. The Masquerade, which was a song that was released in 2002, was a song that I played consistently on my college radio show. And this was in my last semester. And that was one of my favorite songs from 2002. For you, having played in a melodic punk band like that and playing the New York City street style punk that you're playing now, both great in terms of song structure are both very different in terms of style. What was the transition like from you from going to a band like Dearly Departed to a band like Ice Cold Killers? Well, I used to fill in for a lot of bands like I used to play for everybody. So I've known all these guys. I played in Dearly Departed because I was friends with Mike, the singer from Inside, and Danny. I kind of let them lead the way on that. That was like what kind of what they were doing, and I just was free at the time and started playing bass. Over the time, you know, I got used to it, but that was the awkward band for me. You know what I mean? Like, I because, you know, going from Tension to that, the first Dearly Departed show was like, uh, you know, X members attention. And then I got all these fucking pissed off tension fans staring at me like, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean, that was the most uncomfortable moment actually playing was the first Dearly Departed show with tension fans there. I was but oblivious I, to all of this. <laughs> that's my own mental fuck up. But, you know, the ice cold killers, that's what I come from. You know what I mean? That's what I love. That's what we grew up. That's a part of our childhood. That's a part of uh you know growing up like that's natural to me like that type of stuff you know is more natural than dearly departed was for sure joe g you were in a band called vice grip back in the day and society's downfall i was too young to remember vice grip but i do remember society's downfall what would you say the difference is between being in a band then as opposed to now well, society's downfall i <clears throat> my friend Coswell, like I, that I mentioned before, who sung for 50-50, he was the original singer. They wanted to do something again, and they asked me to sing. I said, if Cosmo's cool with it, I'll definitely do it. But I wasn't, like, when I started playing the drums again for this band, like, oh, friend Pete always says, now you're back where you belong, behind the drum kit. You, you know what I mean? It was just, I always had fun with it. I always just, I don't care if there's two people there, 200 people there. Always play like I'm at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? It's just, have fun just and just do it. Do it. Don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass anything. Otherwise, why bother, you know? I hear you. I, I just played a, a gig at the uh, Oyster Bay Gazebo uh, helping out my buddy, Doc Reinhardt. He calls himself the Long Island Cowboy. He's great at what he does. He does, like, uh, alternative country rock type stuff. And he asked me, would you mind being on stage with, on stage with me doing, like, swells and, like, doing some, like, lead guitar stuff on, on the electric? I said, absolutely. And that's the attitude that we have. Treat every show like the garden. Don't expect every show to be like the garden because it won't, but treat it like it is. And, you know, whether there's one person, two people, 200 people there, give them something to enjoy. 
So that's right. Before uh, the Ice Cold Killers, I was in a band called the Motherfunkers, and that was I remember that. It was all original hard rock funk. You know, it was like James Brown, Black Sabbath, Slina Family Stone got thrown into a blender and we came out, you know. My bass player used to wear a giant afro. They wore platform boots. <laughs> I used to play the drums watching these guys. Like, they would have sword fights with the bass and the guitar. And we had a lot of props on stage. We had, like, TVs on each side of the stage. And we would run footage for every song we had. Like, you know, we had a... Uh, you know, a song about weed that was called, and it was all like Cheech and Chong and just all sorts of stuff like that. Bad Motherfunker was one of our songs, and we we put all like you know, like just badass motherfuckers, you know, Bruce Lee and shit like that. It was fun. Like people used to say, "Wow, you guys!" I feel like I was just at a concert at you know at Madison Square Garden because like we just we went all out, man. We just we went all out. We had a little label looking at us, but our guitarist was a pincushion, so he ruined that and that fucking. Oh, yeah, but uh, that band was fun. Joe Bomber is back. Angelo started Bomber back up. I yeah, my bass player from that band, Angelo, aka Nat Funk. He's a, he's got a Motorhead tribute band called Bomber. I heard of them. They're good. They, I think there's a couple of ones. He's from Long Island, though. They are amazing. We played one show with them, and uh, he actually asked us if we wanted to play October 15th. I said, I don't think Joe's going to be in town. Yeah. You should go check them out, Lou. They're, they're, uh, they're great. Well, Motorhead's one of my top 10 favorite bands of all time, so I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Is Tick Records your label that you guys started, or are they a label that's distributing you? No, what's up? Just us. You know, we basically have an in-house merch. You know, we got, you know, we can make our own shirts. We can make our own music. You know, it's like DIY. Nobody likes us. Don't we got to do it <laughs> ourselves? <laughs> Listen, man, we, we're just we're going to do it regardless. So Amen. whether someone to put it out or not, we're just going to do it ourselves. I mean, why not? Right. Good shit. But speaking of which, you were recently on an LP that Pitchfork Hardware, who I'm representing. Hey, there's one right here. Nice. The A7 back to New York hardcore roots. That's I got right. <laughs> I don't have a pitchfork shirt. <laughs> A7 back to the roots with some of the best punk bands and hardcore bands out today. Special shout yeah. out to my friends Tyler and Will from Cripple Dern. I just want to see them at A7 a couple of weeks ago. The Rampage Best 2. Mm-hmm. They closed it out. Oh my God, they're so such a great band live. How did the comp come about for you guys? And what are your relations with uh, Royce Lee and Pitchfork? The whole concept behind that comp is that he wanted to have bands that played the Back to New York hardcore roots more than one on more than one occasion. So that's all of the bands that are on that album played that music series a couple of times. Uh, the guys from Pitchfork, I just know, you know, from over the years hanging out and stuff, you know. They've always been friends of my, like my my cousins and stuff, so I know them from hanging out there and whatnot. But uh, you know, just uh, but that's how that comp came about. And Drew asked us to be on, and we were like, oh hell yeah, you know. And this is Drew Stone, correct? Drew Stone, Stone. Yeah. 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 So I guess Cortex Generation and Pitchfork, I think they all collabed on releasing it. I think Pitchfork put it out in the states, and actually yeah. they're wide and generation records did a limited edition i think 150 on red marble vinyl and cortex put out 100 on gold vinyl they had limited edition batches that's what it was we're actually very proud to be on that it's a really good comp a lot of good stuff on there the last i haven't gotten my copy yet 
<laughs> Next time you're here, remind me, bro. Well, I got yes. By the way, a special shout out to Royce Lee for all of his brothers that he recently lost in Afghanistan. Thoughts and prayers are with you. And a big shout out to your brother, Warren, and hope he gets back to doing what he does best. And that is being the best guitar tech on the planet. So with music today, bands have the ability to educate themselves with publishing and copyright, as you just mentioned, printing your own merch, and finally being able to capitalize on their art. Is it important for you to stay indie or do you eventually want to make a la- make it to a label? And I'm not saying victory. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of do it for ourselves. So, I mean, whatever, we're, like I said, we're going to keep going no matter what. We're going to keep putting out our own music no matter what. If somebody wants to talk, we're down to talk. Obviously, it would be nice for a little help. We're not against that. But, you know, we, we don't rely on that. You know, it's like we, we're just going to do it our, DIY. We're going to do it ourselves regardless. So, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're down for a label. We would love to have one. But if not, it's not the end of the world. We're still the ice cold killers. We're still going to release music. As a fan, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to hear, you know, that there's just no bullshit about this because I'm tired of the pretensions and it's good to know with ice cold killers. There isn't any. No, I left that part out of my brain. No emo bullshit in this band. Anyway, there, I said it. Okay. Maybe this little emo on the overtones on some of those. Uh, no, of no, those. no. Don't, don't mistake melodicism for emo. There's a huge difference. I don't know, man. I might, I might've been crying on a few of those songs. I don't know. <laughs> Joe, you're killing me. You're I'm ice just, cold killing me. Ah! <laughs> oh, shit, bro. Joe's, he's the brains behind the operation. He wrote the majority of the, almost every song. I think, uh, you know, we all do our part, you know, but he he's the, he's the man. Don't, don't tell him I said so, though. It doesn't happen. Him. Guys, though, you know, I could I, I bring a skeleton, but it's not until we all get into the room where the, the meat and the flesh and the bone are uh, put together and the magic that goes into it. You know, obviously, you know, I'm just one person. I could write a song, but I can't play everybody, you know. But still, I mean, it shows. And I I mean, especially when you listen to it and I'm only looking forward to coming to see the band live. And yes, I'm buying my ticket and I'm buying merch. Don't give me any free shit, please. Because okay. I want to support. Okay. All right. You. Are there any shows coming up that you guys would like to plug? We got September 11th in Connecticut with uh, was at Cherry Street Station with uh, Hub City Stompers and a bunch of other great bands. Okay. Uh, with September 17th at Amityville Music Hall, which is right uh, by me, so I'm going to go that. Awesome! That's Come on down. We're, uh, we're celebrating the release of the record online. We are. We don't have the physical copies yet, so. You're coming to party. That's great. Let's party. Let's rock. But if you're looking for physical copies, unfortunately, they will not be there at this show. You will have T-shirts for sale, though, right? Sure. We got merch and stuff. But as far as the physical copies, we're waiting on the records, you know? There's a lot of good bands playing that night. We got uh, Antidote New York Hardcore, which is Drew Stone's band. We have Butterbrain. Which they're a really fun band to check out. False Gods. False Gods are playing. And uh, Fire is Murder, which is Steve Gallo's new band. And uh, our friend Danny. And that's their first show. It's their first show, right? Yes, first show. Check them out. Fire is Murder. They're a really good band. Like, like really good stuff. And then uh, that's 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 it on that, Bill, right? Yeah. You got Sid the Kid spinning the, spinning the tunes. Oh, Sid the Kid. I forgot Sid the Kid. He gets mad if you don't mention him, bro. Sid. Hey. Listen, Sid the kid, we're dropping your love. 
He's helped me out a few times on these shows, man. He fills the room, man. Great DJ too, but yeah, yeah. And then we're also playing the 18th at the Indian Larry Grease Monkey Block Party in Brooklyn, New York. Good stuff. September 17th, Anvilville Music Hall. Check it out. I will be there. And awesome. if people want to know more about the Ice Cold Killers, where can they go? We have a website, www.theicecoldkillers.com. Still under construction, but you can, you know, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. But we don't really care about it. We use it. Like Instagram, we Instagram use it. The Facebook thing, we don't really do that much. I know we but should. Yeah. It's there, but you know the website is is the main. So anything eventually, ice cold killers will be found there, or on the FBI, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> Anyone in particular you guys want to give a shout out to before we wrap it up? The band, Mike and Matt. You know, shout out to George. Shout out to Rizard. Shout out to shout out. Shout out. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> short tonight. After the show, we're gonna just short. Um, Shout out to everybody, I guess. Yeah, yeah Joe, take it. Oh, for letting us on that comp and, you know, always taking care of us. Mike and taillights. We call them Matt on guitars, taillights, because when we used to, when we first started jamming, we'd be at the studio and Matt would be like, I'm going to my car, I'll be back. And then after like the second week, I said to Joe and I go, he's not coming back. He's like, yeah, he is. He's going out to his car. I go, uh-uh, bro, he's not coming back. So we christened them taillights that night. That's his nickname because he would just be—he'd be gone. Once we're done, he's gone, bro. <laughs> Even say goodbye. No, just, he was a mess of the Irish goodbye. Yeah, all right. Wait a minute. The Irish goodbye is supposed to last two hours. No, that's the Italian goodbye. The I Irish, don't know. I the Irish I, goodbye. You sneak out without saying goodbye to anybody. The Italian got to kiss and hug everybody. My wife always gets them ahead of me. Do you got to talk to everybody on your way out? I'm like. Yeah, you know, huh? You know what? I'm gonna have to look this up on UrbanDictionary.com. I'll let you know. But let okay. me know. Smoke screens and disappear. That's yeah. how I. Well, I'll make sure before I leave the show, I'll say goodbye to you guys. <laughs> the Ice Cold Killers, the new album "Stories from the Grave," available now. All streaming platforms. Check them out at their site. Check them out at Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram. Support these guys. They're busting ass. They're working hard and they're writing good music. And that's what this show is all about. Okay. I mean, like I said, I grew up in Queens. I grew up a fan of hardcore metal punk. I just love good music, but I know where my roots are. And for me, I love this band because it brings me back to where my roots are from. Joe and Joe, Ice Cold Killers. I can't thank you guys enough for being on the show tonight. You guys are awesome. And I love the new album. I wish you guys all the best. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you for having us. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, like he said. Thank no you problem. I'm glad you like the album, man. I don't like it. I fucking love it. So I there's a big it. difference. I do That's too. What... <laughs> I would hope you did. You played on it. And you wrote it, sir. So. <laughs> that, that, you well, look at what... that banner is actually Joe's headboard. Our banner <laughs> is Joe's headboard in his room. That's why his wife hates him. <laughs> but she stays with him, so that's a good thing. <laughs> no, actually, today is my brother-in-law. It would have been his 49th birthday. Rest in peace, Chris. Shout out to you, brother. Thanks for having us, man. It was a pleasure talking to you finally, you know? Same here. And you guys are welcome back anytime. And thanks for not ribbing me about uh, watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with my daughter. I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, listen, we're, 
the first time we talked on the phone, he's like, ah, I'm watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. What? I started singing the hot dog song. To yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have kids. We all have families, you know, and the ice cold kitties, man. Yeah, the ice cold kitties. They used to come to the shows all the time. Now they're too cool. Bums. They used to be our roadies. They used to carry our stuff for us. It was great. Right. Now they're too cool. I'm like, my friend's like, really? They they don't want to come anymore? I said, I don't get it either. You know? My kids never wanted to come. I think they came like twice and that was it. They're like, oh, nobody really wants to be around you, bro. It's just that's yeah, I don't, yeah, definitely don't. <laughs> they don't even talk to me at home. All right, guys. If you want to check out more about the Music is Life podcast, check out musicislifepodcast.com. Also check out our parent network, ratsidereview.com. At Ratside Review, you can also check out some of our other podcasts, including Suck My Balls, a South Park podcast. Wow. Oh, okay, good. I got a reaction. Awesome. <laughs> I usually save that for last, but I, you know, wanted to do something different this time. So check out <coughs> South My- Suck My Balls, a South Park podcast. Check out Beyond Bushido, our pro wrestling podcast, Ride Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, and check out the countless other shows that we have. Once again, that's RodSireReview.com. And I'd like to thank the Ice Cold Killers. Joe left, but Joe DeMouth is still here. So show- I'm here. Oh, all right, there you are. Just wanted to say- he didn't hear you say I'll be back. Just Thanks for having us, Lou. Appreciate it. No problem. And remember, musicislivepodcast.com. All art is valid. Have a good night. Thank you so much for listening to the Music Is Live podcast. Music Is Live podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm and RatsaiReview.com. Check out the other shows on Ratsai Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man's Metal Musings, The Right Opinion, Suck My Balls, a South Park podcast, The Vieira Vault, and the Team Motoki podcast. Graphics for the video portion of the show were done by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find him on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by the Rebel Media. Written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leug, and myself. If you'd like to donate to the channel, or if you're in a band and you want me to review you, then donate to my PayPal at musicislivepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle, with much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, including where to find me on social media, check out musicislivepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Hey everyone, Lou Maps here from the Music is Live podcast and Ratsaw Review to talk to you about Terranut Superfood Snacks. Terranut is a family-run business based on a minimalist approach to creating the most nutrient-packed, portable snack possible. Terranut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Whether you need to perform at your absolute peak or just want a guilt-free snack on the go or at home, Terranut Snacks offer you a diverse nutrient profile that is sure to suit your lifestyle. Terranut products are vegan and free of gluten and soy. They're delicious, nutritious, and act as a great replacement for unhealthy snacks, as well as providing you with enough protein until your next meal. I swear by this product because back in August of 2020, I was 300 pounds, type 2 diabetic, and had high blood pressure. Exercise, a positive lifestyle change, and including more plant-based food into my daily routine, as well as putting sodas and sugar and aspartame, helped me reverse the type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure, and I went down 20 pounds. You can enjoy these snacks whole, or you can crumple them into your cereal, smoothie, yogurt, salad, or other favorite meal as a tasty, plant-based protein boost. 
Terrana believes the basis for a good snack are natural, high-quality, nutrient-dense ingredients. By keeping it simple, you'll never find any preservatives or artificial flavors in their products. You can go to their website, www.terranut.com, to find out which farmer's markets they will be at. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Anything over $50 gets free shipping. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. Let it be known, I will never promote a product I do not use or believe in, and I use and believe in Terranut. Terranut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Once again, that's www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code LUMAPS at checkout. Fuel your life. 